0: This is the It Ain't It Sis podcast, a podcast where we focus on life's pivots and redirections, relationships, and becoming a boss babe. I'm your host, Sarah Whitney, and this is a space where honesty, humor, and a whole lot of sass collide. No one has it figured out. So it's completely fine if sometimes it ain't it, sis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the It Ain't It Says podcast. I'm Sarah Whitney, your host, and this is a podcast where I bring on amazing guests to talk all about navigating life's redirections, entrepreneurship, personal development, and all of the things that twenty-somethings who are looking to take control of their life want to know about. So, if you identify as that, you are welcome here, and I'm so excited to have you. And today, I have a very exciting guest on the show. I sat down with Maya Fleming. She has her own podcast called The Gentler Pod and there she talks a lot about financial self-care, financial literacy, especially in your young 20s where in my personal opinion, you know, females aren't necessarily taught about finances as much as men. Yes, I mean things are changing in society. Thank God. But, you know, I think as women, there is always more to know, and I hope kind of bringing her on the pod um, helps others to just gain more knowledge in terms of taking control of their finances. It's super important. So obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about financial literacy, what her definition of financial self-care actually is, different money mistakes that you should be avoiding, and just kind of how to remain professional in this era that we call COVID, especially if you are post-grad and trying to look for a job still. Trust me, I was just there. I understand the job hunt is honestly torturous. I'm so sorry if you are in on that boat, but that's a little bit what we talked about, and I'm so excited for you guys to just hopefully learn a little more about your finances and how to really take control of that. And in terms of a life update, if you haven't listened to my latest episode, it was a Q&A, and I talked about how I got COVID, how I quit my corporate job, and all of the things. October was definitely a crazy, crazy month in my life. It's funny because I say, oh, like so much is changing. And like, obviously, we all are going through changes, but I don't know. I feel like After post-grad, I graduated at the end of May, and my life has been going 100 miles per hour since then. And I mean, some good, some not so good, but I mean, I also wanted to say I am COVID-free now, found that out I think on Friday afternoon, so the day before Halloween. Still did not do anything for Halloween though. Me and my mom actually had a sleepover, so I think that's how I celebrated. I actually got to see my mom, so super fun. Um, Ate a lot of good food. I ate, oh my gosh, we went to a candy store, me and my mom, last night. It's currently Sunday, so November 1st. Happy November, but last night me and my mom went to the candy store at like 9 30 last night, and I got so much candy and I ate it all. And then I woke up in the middle of the night feeling absolutely disgusting. But you know what? What's Halloween for? But anyways, if you guys are interested in learning a little bit more about my life, I would say go listen to my latest Q&A and you'll definitely just get a rundown of everything Sarah Whitney is doing. But other than that, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to everything that Maya has to say. She is so wise, especially for being so young. So let's get into the podcast. Well, today, guys, we have a very exciting guest on the podcast. Welcome, Maya Fleming.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much. Maya has been on a lot of podcasts recently. I believe you're on Kenzie's I Love You So Much podcast. And you are also on Kelsey Jones's podcast, What's Stopping You. So if you guys haven't heard Maya on those podcasts, go ahead and I give you permission to stop this podcast and (laughs) listen because this girl is a powerhouse. So, so excited to have her on the podcast today. And if you wouldn't mind kind of just giving a 30 second spiel of who you are and what you're all about.
1: Yeah, so I'm Maya Fleming. I am a 24-year-old recent grad at Georgetown University. I am really just like your average girl doing whatever, but I had these dreams of post grad life and how it's going to be so fun and fancy and all that. And then it literally was not that at all. So I needed a creative outlet. I felt like I really need to get myself together. And that looked like self-care for me, like real practical, intentional self-care. So one night I was just going through it. I like I just needed like some type of creative outlet. So I picked up my phone, recorded a voice memo, and that became the first episode of my podcast, Gentler, where I talk all about Intentional self-care and especially financial self-care because for me they go hand in hand
0: Yeah, no, that's so amazing because I mean I like how organic your podcast started because I mean I was very intentional just with the whole Okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do and sometimes that takes the fun out of it So I love that you started with just a simple, you know voice memo and whatnot and I also am a recent college grad I graduated in may so
1: Oh, you congratulations. Know. I know things yeah. were funky, but like, that <laughs> was
0: uh, very funky, but, you know, we're making do here. I would love to kind of, I guess, get into just talking about post-grad life initially and especially like we were kind of alluding to post-grad life during COVID. It's definitely an interesting time for everyone, especially right when you have graduated college. And so how have you been kind of handling this time and how has it, I guess, affected you professionally? Yeah.
1: Uh, so COVID definitely I mean it put a wrench in everyone's plans I was really fortunate right after college to have all of my friends stay in the area so it wasn't too difficult to put a little note in the group chat and meet up with everyone on Friday night getting drinks or getting happy hour so when COVID hit a lot of people went home and it was kind of the first time I had to experience this whole like post grad scatter of all of your friends going everywhere Mm -hmm. to like chase their new jobs and all of that so I already thought I was pretty comfortable with myself I lived alone. I am pretty introverted, so I really enjoyed that. But for me the biggest shock was the lack of choice. It was like I'm not by myself because I choose to be. I'm by myself because I can't see anyone else. Yeah. And that kind of sucked. I just I am a control freak and that really didn't go over well with me. I like to know exactly what's happening and know what my next steps are so I can plan accordingly. And then you know, to speak professionally, that also affected that a lot because I work at a university and I, I manage a nonprofit. So there were several points of me wondering and talking to my boss and being like, are we going to have jobs next month? Like what's going to be happening? Like the school is using losing revenue and I don't know if, you know, this funding is going to come through. And it, it seemed like every time we jumped over a hurdle, a new one would appear. So there was just a ton of stress, which shows up and manifests in different ways because if your job is already stressful and then your job is like, adding stress, like aside from your work, it just all adds up a ton. So self-care has been super, super important to me during this time and just making sure that I know why I'm doing everything.
0: Exactly. And I think just the idea of having a routine for your self-care is super important, especially in a time where, you know, we don't really know what's ever gonna be around the corner. And I think just having some consistency, especially in this time is super important. And I completely understand when you're talking about just the post grad scattered, because I feel like that Mm -hmm. happened for those who just graduated this year. That happened back in March so it was yeah. really weird mm-hmm. we were all still in college but half of the people because I think about 50% of my school people lived you know on the east coast or outside of California where I live mm-hmm. and so it was really weird just kind of being on zoom classes and everyone is you know not in the classroom yeah. and they're 3,000 miles away so definitely interesting but I know you mentioned also you are working at a school and it was it at a university
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I work at a university and manage a program there.
0: Okay, awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so just about my day-to-day or like how I –
0: Yeah, just like, yeah, day to day. And I know you have a few side hustles too. So I want to know. Yeah, oh my God. (laughs) I want to know how this all fits in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, my nine to five is at a university. I manage an AmeriCorps program. um, And it was a great fit for me because I did the program as a student, as a member all throughout college. So when it came to like March, like April, May, like the end of senior year, I was just asking any adults I knew, like, hey, do you know anyone hiring? Like, here's my resume. If you know of anything, let me know. And someone knew about a position at a neighboring university. So I applied and I know you didn't ask, but this is my, one of my number one tips for postgrad stuff. Even if you are the most analytical person in the world, English major like me, get someone to proofread your resume. I put the wrong email on my resume and I missed out on the job opportunity. When I got invited for a phone interview, it bounced back. So they hired someone else. And oh no. as luck would have it, months later, that person pulled out and the hiring manager asked me if I was still interested in the role and so it just happened to work out but daily my position so right now I'm in the recruiting phase for my position as a school year starts up our program starts up so my week looks like meeting with students via zoom all day handling a lot of paperwork behind the scenes having meetings with schools and all that my program is an early education like tutoring program so okay just like a ton of meetings a ton of background management and stuff I love monotonous work I'm really weird. like I could I worked at a boutique before and I was totally content with being in the back and tagging clothes all day. Like I love just <laughs> like being able to do like simple tasks. So that's what I do with my nine to five. And then aside from that, I have the podcast obviously that I'm starting to monetize. And that's really great that I'm able to side hustle in a way that feels aligned. I have a tendency to let them like just rule my life for the sake of making money. And it's like, okay, I can do photography, but do I still like it? Like I haven't even checked in at this point to recognize whether or not this is something I even like to do. But I've done photography and videography in the past very lucrative but like I said I kind of lost the passion for it so left that alone freelance writing is one of my favorite things to do I was an English major so just sharing my stories and getting paid for it is awesome like obviously Mm -hmm. I would love to do that most days now my my time revolves around my nine to five and then gentler
0: yeah I completely understand the whole having a nine to five and then having a side hustle because that's Mm -hmm. you know basically the story of my life it's so funny people ask me on the weekends what do you do and I'm like well working on the side hustle (laughs) yeah working the side hustle kind of trying to see friends and you know at least kind of give myself a break because that's super important and definitely goes into the aspect of self-care but sometimes I sit back, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but I sit back and I'm like, why am I doing this? But then you have to mm-hmm. like remind yourself because at the end of the day, like we do have a lot less free time than quote unquote, like the average person. So it's definitely something that I, you know, learning to do. Yeah. With and But I enjoy it overall. And it sounds like you do too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you have to really check the intention because mm-hmm. there are going to be so many days where you're like, I don't want to do this. And if you can't articulate why you're doing it so that you can remind yourself, later it's just gonna it's gonna fail you have to be able to know why you're doing it because later on you're going to complain and that's natural so you need to be able to have that reminder
0: exactly and life is too short to to hate what you're doing so you have to like remain like intentional just with every aspect of your life it can definitely be difficult but I would say that's like my one piece of advice for anyone too and in terms of also kind of getting a job and I know you mentioned make sure someone proofread your resume which I would 100% Agree. I mean, I love to write. I'm a big writer, but I, for some reason, like my my brain doesn't work.
1: When you're on like the tenth resume version of the day, like little things like slip through and you I know. miss it.
0: You're like, yeah. oh, there wasn't a verb in that sentence, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what would you say, like another piece of advice if you have one, in terms of just walking down a job, I guess quickly, quote unquote? Would you have a piece of advice for someone, you know? during this time when the job market is a little up and down yeah so
1: like I said before one of the things that really helped me was just telling anyone who would listen that I was looking for a job any like adult mentor that I had any bosses any past bosses I came up with like this template of a text message and I just sent it out to anyone that I worked with before because a lot of times unfortunately it really comes down to who you know and it like a lot of things even if you see a job listing being posted it's just a formality and they already have someone hired who is already doing the job and I mean, Unfortunately, that's the way things have been for a while. So, just talking to anyone who would listen. If you can get coffee with someone, I spent a, my spring break senior year running around New York, having meetings like three, four times a day, just going around chatting and then following up. Like, if you even if you don't know the person right now, get to know the person. Identify who those people are that are at companies you would be interested in or doing positions you would be interested in, and just reach out. Send an email if you if they're like if you're in the social media space, shoot a DM and. And then ask this in an email afterwards. Do the networking piece, especially now when everyone's online. People are so much more accessible. You want to be respectful, of course, but don't be afraid to reach out. Like, that's how the people who are getting ahead are getting ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I would completely agree. I mean, I think how I landed a job right after college, I, I think a lot of kind of luck came into it and in perfect, like divine timing, yeah. just because I started the interview process actually back in February before everything had happened. And, yeah. Yeah, I was very lucky in terms of, you know, getting a final interview in that company for some reason was still looking to hire that one person. So that was, I guess, luck that played into it or whatever you want to call it. But also, I mean, I just switched out of that job and um, I got a new job. But I would say knowing people, which unfortunately is difficult, especially my parents don't really know many people. So Mm -hmm. especially if someone's in that space or kind of doesn't really have many connections connections just through family or friends i would say seeking out people like go on linkedin Mm -hmm. message people and my favorite quote i would say it's by bob goff i'm not sure if you know who he is but he's one of my favorite writers and he says get within 10 feet of your aspiration and that's all you have to do you don't have to like become that thing that you want to become overnight it's just called getting 10 feet and i think that's going to open up so many pathways for everyone and this like podcast i'm I'm sure you probably feel the same but like this podcast has opened up so many doors I never would have thought yeah
1: I mean I, I agree my family knows nobody and I was really set on getting into the film industry so I don't know if you're familiar with the actress Julia Louis-Dreyfus played Elaine on Seinfeld oh yeah so her manager came and spoke to us and I got in contact with her daughter she's doing the job I, I would have wanted to do at the time and her answer to me was you know get one of your family friends to reach out and make a connection I was like I have no family friends what are you talking about but <laughs> LinkedIn was extremely helpful reaching out with people who are your school's like alums and all of that for sure and I love how you said about 10 feet because LinkedIn will show you like the degree of connection you have with someone mm-hmm. so utilize all those connections and talk to those people exactly
0: Now LinkedIn is super helpful I mean it's so funny I used to make fun of people you know at the beginning of college I'm like who uses LinkedIn like what <laughs> for? and now I mean I used to be a recruiter that was my old job and mm. spend five hours on LinkedIn every single day so So very helpful. I would say definitely, you know, make use of that platform. And I guess kind of going on to the money aspect, I know you're very into financial literacy and as you call it, financial self-care. So as I mentioned, you know, I graduated just now. You graduated about a year ago. And I'm sure you know, you know. After you, oh. <laughs> after you graduate, it is a harsh wake-up call. I'm not sure where you're living. You're in DC, is that correct? Yeah, I'm in the
1: DC area. I'm in okay. Maryland currently. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I'm not very sure. expensive. Like, yeah, okay. I was gonna wild. say <laughs> I'm living in yeah, Southern California, very pricey. My room is probably a shoebox and I don't even want to mention what I pay. <laughs> but it's okay. And so I'm just curious, obviously your brand is kind of reaching how to implement financial literacy into your own life and kind of implementing it also into a self-care regime. So what would be your step-by-step process to achieving, I guess, financial literacy in your young 20s and Obviously, I understand that you're never going to fully achieve full financial literacy, but I guess you know the basics of that.
1: Yeah. So I started out learning a ton about money and I have always just been very interested in that. Ever since I was a little kid, I was always doing like making friendship bracelets and then asking my mom how much I thought I could sell them for. Like I was that kid, like always trying to create a hustle. But I learned that if you have some mindset blocks around money, it doesn't matter how much you know about money. Like at some point, those blocks were going to show up and ruin your situation. I knew all about credit. I knew all about budgeting. I knew different ways to budget, but I still had this idea from growing up that money is scarce and that I don't have enough money, that the only way to make myself feel better emotionally is through money, treating myself in some kind of way. And so those thoughts always harmed me. So with financial self-care, it was really important to kind of figure out what I wanted. So that'd be my first step. Think about like what your ideal life would look like and do so with Without judgment like don't tell yourself like oh like I'm only 24 like how would I ever get that or anything like that because yeah the reality is I can't quit my job and buy a mansion wherever like overnight but there might be things about that ideal vision that I could shift down to my current stage I know that I really love feeling quote-unquote like rich and like having like whatever and I can't fully furnish all my apartment with expensive furniture but I can add little charms here and there like buying fresh flowers for different rooms and candles, things that emotionally help me shift into that vision. Also get used to and make a habit of checking in with your money regularly. I check in and balance my transaction spreadsheet every day at the very least once a week, check in and make sure that you know what's going on financially. You can't be in control of your money if you're afraid to look at it like your money is in control of you. So make sure that you find a strategy that feels good to you and that works. I had to ditch the traditional budget spreadsheet and now I go with like a date-based thing where it's... Says like October 1st. This is what's coming in. This is what's going out. These are the bills that are due. This is what my account balance should look like at the end of the day, once those things have cleared. Um, because it's just easier for me to look at it day by day and take it one step at a time when I was coming from a place of just literally being afraid to open my bank app. So make sure that you can find a way to do that and just get really good. Cause yeah, the financial literacy piece is extremely important. It's not everything, but it's really important. So you need to find ways to familiarize yourself with the way that money works. I really like. Of watching the financial diet. I love that influencers now are talking a lot more about finances. That's super, super helpful. I had this idea that, I don't know, I just really thought like there's no way people are having good lives with this amount of income. Until I start watching budgeting videos, I'm like, oh, that's what they do with their money. Like I see what I'm doing completely wrong. Like I don't need to have this, this, and this. And like I said, leveling down. I talk about it on my podcast. I was really, really bad about going to Starbucks. There's a Starbucks, like mm-hmm. two minute walk from my office. So I would literally, whenever I was bored or unstimulated, I would just get up and go to Starbucks and buy a coffee until I got myself an espresso because it's still kind of checked into that luxury feeling and the emotion behind the Starbucks more so than like a Keurig or drip coffee. And that's just for me, you know, like whatever that emotion is for you really tap in and dedicate time every day to figuring out what that thing is. If you haven't already and you need like a, a fresh start, print out some of your bank transactions and just go line by line literally and be like, okay. Am I happy? Can I stand by this purchase that I did on this day? What was going on that day that made me do that? And I can't stress this enough. Do it without judgment. Like really don't try to bully yourself into submission. You'll get much further by trying to figure out and understand why you overspent or why you made some wild purchase because then maybe you'll be a little bit better at avoiding it in the future. So to sum up, I would say figure out what you want, like what your ideal life looks like so that you can find ways to level down in your current life. Learn as much as you can about money in digestible ways and see how other people are using their money especially people with similar income levels as you and just check in emotionally and don't judge yourself for the things that you do wrong
0: yeah no i agree with everything that you mentioned too because one thing i would say also is a great tip is mint i'm not sure if you use that at all yeah but- yeah
1: i love yeah and that's i i talked about mint on a recent podcast episode because a lot of times we just have no concept of all of our money and like mm-hmm. especially if you have different account. I have multiple checking accounts and it's easy for me to not realize that some purchase went through on a different account and I didn't have it set up. So having something like Mint where you can see everything just in one place is super helpful.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for those of you who don't know what Mint exactly is, basically you connect your credit cards, your debit cards, all of your bank accounts into this one service. And I think it is a software by Intuit, which is basically an engineering company. And you can put like your daily budget, or monthly budgets. That's how I kind of have it set up. And you can see exactly kind of like what Maya was saying, the day-to-day of what you're spending. And then it even breaks down exactly like, okay, you spent $6 at Starbucks and then like $5, I don't know, getting a sandwich somewhere. And I mean, that's a pretty cheap sandwich, but <laughs> <laughs> California. But I would definitely suggest that. And I also know I was listening to one of your podcasts and you mentioned kind of the story of going to Starbucks all the time and then kind of investing in an espresso and it's the idea of splurging to save and I would totally agree I mean my mom always has mentioned too she's like it's better to have something of quality and that will last and you're not going to have to repeatedly buy every single day and it's just kind of the idea of investing and I know your latest podcast I believe I was listening to it yesterday actually and Uh you mentioned about investing too and I guess what's kind of one Belief that necessarily isn't true about investing
1: in your young twenties. So I think something that people—it's kind of twofold. I think because up until recently, a lot of people just weren't investing. Now we hear this this story that you know you should be investing, you should be investing, you should be investing. And yes, I'll say what the myth is. I guess one that you feel like you have to make a certain amount of money before you would start investing. But by that same fold, that you have to start investing just regardless. Immediately, like I said before, you want to have your intentions clear with whatever you do. And I would say before you start dedicating a significant amount of your income to investing, you should make sure that you're good on bills and debt. You don't—I wouldn't say you have to have everything paid completely off, but that you can handle it in your regular finances. That if you have any high-interest debt, that that's cleared away, and two, that you have savings already secured. But with that, I mean, there's so many opportunities now with apps and all that where you can start investing for much smaller amounts you would have and you won't get the same return back. But if you want to get into the habit of dedicating some of your spending towards investing, I think that's totally fair. So I I think people should understand that you don't, if you're not ready, that's okay. That's totally fine. But think about what it means to really be ready before you make that call. Um, if you want to just get in the habit, because that's something people say about saving too, is that you know you feel like I only have twenty dollars left over after I pay all my bills. I I don't have I don't make enough money to save. If you only have twenty dollars at the end of your like check, you can't afford not to save. Like you need to get into the habit of at least saving or investing a dollar every period. Just because when you start making this income goal that you're waiting for, you're not going to have that habit, and it's going to be a whole other set of excuses. I think we believe that our future selves. Have have way more abilities than our current selves. And we put that responsibility on them when really we should start shouldering some of that habit now. So if you can just put a dollar into one of the investing apps every so often, then do so. But I would say wait to save a chunk or wait to invest a chunk of your income until you have those first two things cleared away. So making sure that your debt's paid down to something that you're comfortable with and then having savings. And as far as that savings amount, it depends on so many factors like where you live and what your normal expenses are but think about those things carefully. Yeah no I
0: think that was a really good piece of advice because I think so often too just in the social media age where we see all this information and they're like you should be doing this you should be doing this and then we all get kind of in our heads being like oh crap I should be doing this and then I should do it right away but I think it's really good to take a step back and assess what you have what your means are and all of that and like you mentioned where your intention is and also I would say I think this is a very famous Warren Buffett quote but I think he says spend whatever you have left over after you've saved it so like mm-hmm. you initially obviously save first and then spend that money because yeah. that's one way to ensure that you know you're able to at least hopefully save a little bit what would you say also is one money mistake that you've made in the past that <sighs> I of want to ensure that no one else makes
1: I would say obviously like I am a chronic overspender and all of that but I I think the biggest one, especially that I would hope to encourage post-grad people against is moving too quickly like I really wish I i won't say that I if I could go back over again I wouldn't have gotten my own apartment and I would have just moved back home but I wish I had thought about it a little bit more I wish I had thought about what it would look like to save a little bit more money before venturing on my own and doing all that because when I check my intention which is like key word of this episode I guess I know that I got my own apartment and all of that because I wanted to seem like an adult right out the gate and it wasn't because I really felt like I was financially ready and I really had to pay for that afterwards I really wish I had sat down and just said like, okay, what would it look like for me to move home for a little bit? I could go a little bit slower. I could have some more control over the type of job I accepted afterwards and I could save more money and feel a little bit more secure and comfortable and safe in my finances. So if you're in that stage or even if you've already graduated, like I'm still thinking about it, like, okay, like how would I feel about doing, you know, doing this? And most times I come out and say like, okay, no, I don't think I want to do that. But, you know, I know the reasons why I don't want to. So if you're in that space just think about it because you could be saving thousands and that that's just if I had started out post-grad life with the savings that I could really be proud of that would have changed the game for me for sure
0: yeah no I mean I would completely agree to just that taking your time with decisions can save you thousands and hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. because I mean I'm from Arizona living in California currently but I'm just kind of thinking back obviously this was in May so life was very uncertain and I didn't know what to do but I think if I moved home for a month or two before I, you know, eventually got a house or the house that I'm living with and renting out with all of my friends. But I probably could have saved a couple thousand dollars, but because, you know, I was in a rush, I wasn't able to. But it's definitely a lesson that I think is important for everyone to learn. And kind of going off of that, what would you say financial care looks like to you overall? Like how do you implement that into your own personal life?
1: Yeah. So like I said, checking with my finances all the time, but making it a pleasant experience. Like like getting into comfy clothes before I look at my budget, and having some type of drink that I enjoy, watching a show that's comfortable. Because I don't think we realize how much anxiety money causes us sometimes, and like mm-hmm. you don't recognize that when you look at your bank app, you started breathing a little bit quicker, and now you're getting a little sweaty. Like it's it's not always super clear. So checking in with that. Also, I keep one a game changer for me has been keeping a wish list of the things I really want. So that when I do feel like I want to overspend or I want to get Uber Eats when I'm not really supposed to, I can look at that list and be like, okay, are you willing to put off this financial goal so you can have McDonald's tonight, like are you and sometimes I am to be honest. Like sometimes like I'm like, (laughs) forget it. Like it's what's it like another week of saving? Like I can do that. But sometimes it does put me in check, and I'm like, No, you know, I don't want to do that. Um, and that really came out of me one year. I really wanted a camera super badly, and I was like, There's no way I'm gonna be able to save seven hundred dollars for a camera. And I'm so embarrassed to say that that year I spent over that amount just on food delivery apps, and so that really put things so far in perspective for me. So keeping a wish list of what I want to buy so that when I do feel tempted to spend on things I wouldn't necessarily be proud of, mm-hmm. I can check back on that list and be like, no, you want to Switch or no, you want a new laptop. Like, let's think about those things first. And normalizing conversations about money. I ask my parents all the time now just about their home buying process and like, you know, what their retirement accounts look like. Things I never would have thought to ask and things that they weren't really willing to share all the time. But making sure that they understand that the conversation might be uncomfortable at first, but is really helping me so much in the long run. And then we'll help them because I won't have to move into their house like because I'm broke in the future and Mm -hmm. all of that and I can be fully independent so those are some things that have really been helping me like lately yeah
0: no I think normalizing money talks is super important especially as women I feel like it's kind of a quote-unquote like man's world just because I mean that's the picture that we're kind of shown growing up I all I remember really seeing is thinking about money at least just seeing men on Wall Street wearing their suits and ties and screaming over the phone and I don't know (laughs) whatever else I I guess I get this like image of Wolf on Wall Street, which I'm not sure. I feel like that <laughs> <laughs> might not be, a, you know, a proper presentation, which is a little scary. But <laughs> I think it's super important to normalize it, and I'm really glad that you're definitely leading a conversation that promotes financial wellness overall, especially for women and young women at that. And kind of that being said, what is your favorite thing to splurge on, though? Yeah,
1: so I set aside money so I can order uber eats because at the end of the day i know it's not gonna be something i can cut out completely food and coffee in general like i will put more money into my grocery budget simply because Mm -hmm. if i don't have ingredients i'm excited about i'm gonna order uber eats and that's just gonna i'm gonna spend more money doing that so it's a little bit easier for me to beef up my grocery budget and make meals i'm excited about and make the whole meal selection process like a fun experience for me and all of that like i said i love my nespresso 10 out of 10 would recommend it's been a game changer as far as my financial self-care goes. I would say traveling, but unfortunately with this time, it's not really happening, but, um, you know, still wanting to set like a sinking fund so that whenever things do open up and I feel a little bit safer, I can come right out the gate ready to go. But definitely food and drinks and like coffee and stuff like that's the area that I splurge on for sure.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. I went out last weekend to dinner and I did not expect to uh, spend as much as (laughs) i didn't know your girl really likes good food so it was worth it yeah
1: and it's like part of the financial self-care for me is figuring out how to give yourself those those desires that you have currently and so that you don't have to wait and put off enjoying your life so if you know that in your ideal life you're getting fancy dinners all the time like how can you you might not be able to give yourself that kind of dinner every single night but maybe you could cook for yourself in that way a little bit more so that you already are in the habit of eating fancy dinners and all that stuff and you're just ready to slide right on in once your money matches that desire.
0: Amen to that. (laughs) Well, that was amazing. Well, thank you so much, Maya, for, you know, coming on my podcast. I absolutely loved having you. And as we're wrapping up, where can everyone find you on social media?
1: Yeah, so my personal Instagram is Maya N. Fleming, M-A-Y-A-N-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. The Gentler account is at GentlerPod. The website is www.begentler.com. And the podcast is on any podcast streaming platform.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. I definitely thought that this conversation was super helpful and necessary, honestly, for, you know, young women like us. And hopefully, (laughs) some people, you know, will learn to, you know, manage their money more wisely and take some of your advice. So loved having you on and thanks again. And that is the podcast for today, guys. I hope you all learned a lot and hopefully can apply some of this information that you learned into your own lives. And of course, as usual, I will list all of just Maya's social links down in the show notes below. And I also, I also wanted to mention that I am uploading this on election day, so currently it's Sunday, but this will go up on Tuesday, and honestly, you know, sitting here 48 hours before the election happens, I really am kind of nervous for what will ensue. I am putting all of the good vibes out there. If you are listening to this on Tuesday and you know actually listen to the end, first of all, thank you for listening to the end. But also if you haven't, please, please, please vote if you can. Um, especially as women and obviously like my demographic is mostly women, but you know It's a privilege that not many women have in the world. And here in America, we are lucky enough to be able to vote. And it's something that, you know, we should do. We should be able to have a say. And so I urge you, if you haven't, go vote. But other than that, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Instagram. And of course, all of those links are down in the show notes below as well. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.